So the unpopular podcast this is the man the myth the legend jalen hunter and if you would do me a favor please subscribe to if you're listening please subscribe to if you're watching it definitely means a lot to me you know why people love the ufc so much it's because of its unpredict unpredictability it's also of course how brutal it is but it's 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 this unpredictability you know you of course you have underdogs you have champions you have uh challengers and everything but you never know in a fight what's going to happen. And that statement bodes even more true when we talk about what happened on Saturday between Leon Edwards and uh, Usman. Now, Usman comes in, came in, I think, one loss. Uh, he was one of the longest reigning champions in UFC. And while, yes, Leon Edwards and him did fight before, Edwards was coming in as the heavy underdog, like heavy. Not to me. And if you really go and look at that fight, he was losing the entire fight. Yeah, he he got Usman Usman on the ground first time in his UFC career, but he was losing this fight bad. And this is why, again, UFC is so is so exhilarating because it took one moment in the fifth round i think it was like four minutes left one moment leon edwards kicked uzman in the head slipped up once and he lost the fight man congratulations to leon edwards man now of course this is definitely going to i believe is going to grant a third fight uh it, it was just again UFC is just so different from anything else. You don't know what to expect. That's that's why I don't I don't play box. I don't play fight because you never know. Not saying that you know I'm I'm a UFC fighter or I'm Floyd Mayweather or something. But you never know, bro. You never know what can happen. One fail swoop, one hit, and it's over with. And as Usman saw, it was over with with Lin. And it's funny when you were listening. You if you watched the fight. You saw the highlights. You listened to the commentary. Everybody in the mama thought the fight was over, which it really was. At Leon Edwards was losing. He was losing badly. And people were talking, you know, it, it was just funny how it was funny and also very telling. You just don't give up, bro. Just do not give up because he could have just packed in and said, hey, you know, I lost. I lost again. It is what it is. But Leon Edwards has been on a roll. I think he won like 15 straight fights before he got back here. So congratulations to him, man. I, I, I'm i not saying Usman's falling off a cliff. He's still one of the best UFC fighters in the in the world. And, and I do believe that come the rematch, Edwards might or yeah, Edwards might lose. I don't know. But I do want to congratulate him for you know, dethroning uh, Usman for the time being and, and, and definitely beating him. It was an exhilarating fight. 
And, you know, it was so exhilarating. It started the show today. So, shout out to you, Leon Edwards, for beating Usman, uh, Kamaru Usman. So, moving forward, I want to say happy birthday to Kobe Bryant. Um, His birthday was yesterday. And, um, of course... We know about the untimely passing of him, his daughter, and the other, you know, families that were on that helicopter that faithful, that unfaithful, or that faithful January day. Um, again, man, when you when you talk about Kobe Bryant and you talk about his legacy, I think that's that's one of the biggest undertones and one of the biggest things that people play for. Of course, you play for championships. You play for uh, money, fi- you know, financial gain. But you also want to. <laughs> people don't really think about it in the moment, but you want to know what what you leave, what your legacy is moving forward. You know, and while no, I I, I definitely don't believe that Kobe would wish to not be here. <laughs> I don't think you know, but I do think that Kobe would appreciate that his legacy is not only somebody that changed the way a lot of people looked at basketball, but changed the way a lot of people looked at women's basketball, changed the way a lot of people approached being a father, changed the way a lot of people approached being a father to a young lady that or, or, or a girl that wants to play basketball or, or just being genuine to yourself Kobe one thing I do know about Kobe or the one thing that we've seen or we saw was he his unwillingness to conform and I, that's a testament in of itself man uh I'm not trying to get all sad or anything but I do want to say happy 44th birthday or happy belated 44th birthday it was yesterday and, uh, you know, you're still missed, Kobe. The world still misses you. I mean, the basketball will never be the same without you um, here. And there's still times when during the day where I just think, damn, Kobe gone. You know what I mean? But, again, I want to say happy birthday, happy 44th or happy 44th belated birthday to Kobe Bryant. So moving forward, I want I'm continuing, you know, I've been doing the divisional breakdown before the regular season starts and we just got finished with the AFC. I want to appreciate everyone that that came on to help me break down all the divisions in the AFC. And now we're starting the NFC. And I wanted to start with the NFC West and bring on my man uh Blaine Spencer. He is the host of the Final Whistle podcast. Oh, Final Whistle Sports Podcast. I apologize. I'll leave all his links in the description below. Um, fellow Star Wars fans, so shout out to you, Blaine. But I wanted to bring him on to talk about the NFC West, which, of course, is the 49ers, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the reigning champions, the L.A. Rams. And I wanted to see, you know, we, we, we break down how... <laughs> 
this division looks drastically different than it did just two years ago, just three years ago. Um, again, I appreciate, you know, I wanted to, br- I appreciate Blaine for coming on. And without further ado, here is our breakdown of the NFC West. So we're here talking about the NFC West, NFC West. And this is actually a very interesting division at this point because this division did not look like this just two years ago. Now, yes, everything changes, of course, but this division has seen a makeover of all makeovers. When I tell you before, and let me know if you agree, before we we would argue is the NFC West the best division in football. Now it looks more like a two, maybe three team race. And let's start with the team to, that made the most drastic change in my opinion and that is the Seattle Seahawks let me ask you a question because I'm starting to notice something is it just me or does all of Pete Carroll's tenures go the same way we're talking when you know when you first get there it's an it's incredible he's great he's innovative we remember USC we remember uh Patriots, the Legion of Boom, uh, you know, how how, uh, national championships, Super Bowl. And then towards the end, it's like, yo, what is the teams look drastically different than when it starts? He looks old. He looks like he's not with the times. Am I the only person that notices that? No, I don't think I, I think you're. I think you're on the right track, honestly. I think you're putting pieces together that's starting to like, it's starting to click, right? Yeah. And this was something that I think, I don't think USC was his undoing. I think it had a lot to do with also the higher ups Mm -hmm. at USC. USC has been in shambles for a while. And I think they're finally, they finally have figured it out post Pete Carroll now with Lincoln Riley, all that. That's for another conversation, of course. But when it comes, you can, there is writings on the wall where it connects. He has that great run. He he gets in the right pieces. He finds somebody at the quarterback position and at the skill positions where everything's thriving. And then it starts to teeter off. You heard rumors at USC that he was not seeing eye to eye with, even with the higher ups or with the players. And that honestly led to him taking the Seattle opportunity. And it seems like that was the same case in the last couple of years, right? Mm -hmm. There's Russell Wilson will never confirm the story that we're, that we try to figure out whether or not him and Pete were seeing eye to eye, but it was starting to feel like that they were just on a huge disconnect, which led to Russell wanting out and he didn't want to be a part of the rebuild which surprises me why Pete is staying right now. Mm-hmm. I thought with Russell leaving that he would just say, all right, I'm content. Yeah. I'll retire. Or I'll look for another opportunity maybe in a year or two after taking a hiatus with like what Sean Payton's doing, but no, you are on the right track. There are writings on the wall with how everything's connected, even with, with his short time in new England before he got into USC. Right. Yeah. He had a year or two that it looked like he was heading in the right direction and then everything fell apart. And I know he was younger at the time, but again, that was another issue of where he was, there was the disconnect. Yeah. I I think 
when you look at the Seattle Seahawks, man, they look like a team that's stuck in the past. They look they like are. a team that thinks it thinks they can win one way, but isn't built that way. If that makes sense. Like you look at the team and we know that they want to be a rugged run the run the, you know, run the ball, pound it down their throats, you know, defensive rugged team. That's what he wants to be. But if you look at this team, hell, we don't know if Geno Smith or or Drew Locke's going to be the quarterback. Chris Carson had to retire because the neck problems. You don't really right. know what they're going to do. Uh, off the offensive line is one of the worst, if not the worst in the NFL. Their defense really only has Jamal Adams. It and Jamal Adams is a linebacker that can't play and run coverage for some reason. I mean, no, in pass coverage for some reason. Or safety. I'm sorry. He's a safety he, that can't play. He, he, he can't cover. He is a linebacker playing the yeah, safety. safety. So it's like, this might be a hot take, but I think that when we look towards the end of the season, this Seattle Seahawks team will be the worst team in the NFL. Wow. Okay. No, that's a bull take. I, I Explain that to me now, because I think there are a handful of teams that are way, way worse than what, where they're at right now. I've been saying this for most of my divisional breakdowns, and I said this mainly about the AFC West. This is a quarterback-driven league. We know this, but to me, this year is more prevalent than ever because there's multiple teams that you feel because they have a quarterback or because they have a high-tier quarterback, they can win it all. I think Russell Wilson is so good that he was able to mask a lot of problems that the Seattle Seahawks have. I mean, even with him there, what did we say? They had one of the worst offensive lines. He's always running for his life. The reason why the whole Russ Cooks, oh, dang, Russ Cooks campaign didn't, didn't flourish away was because he had no time to throw the ball. DK Metcalf drops the ball a lot. Even though he is a solid receiver, he has problems with drops. Tyler Lockett, he's, he's a good player, but how much of that is because Russell Wilson was able to just have some of the best pocket passes of all time. I just feel when you have a good quarterback, he's able to mask a lot. And right. we're really about to see how much is the Seattle Seahawks or how much has been Russell Wilson this year. And again, the problems that Russell Wilson had, the Seahawks still have was the only differences at this point they have a worse quarterback, a far worse quarterback. I mean, we both saw Geno Smith and how bad he looked. And then, of course, with Drew Locke. So I just think when you look, and this is crazy as it sounds, I trust the Jaguars more than I trust the Seattle Seahawks right now. I trust okay. Detroit because I think Detroit has a better roster than I than I trust the Seattle Seahawks. The, the only, I mean, it, maybe the Houston Texans, that's still the Houston Texans. But even even in that, I trust uh, Mills before I trust Drew Locke or 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 Geno Smith. So I just feel this team is is on par, in my opinion, to have one of, if not the worst record in the, the league. Once we look up at the end of the season and then that's when you're going to I think the well, is Pete Carroll? It wasn't more Pete Carroll. It wasn't more Russell Wilson or is this Pete Carroll's last year? That's when I think that's going to start getting louder. That's my opinion. What do you, what do you think? So I don't, I can, I see what you're saying, right? Especially with, I mean, 
when we're when, what we're doing right now. I mean, if you guys did not watch the game last night on ESPN, Geno Smith was absolutely atrocious. Terrible. And don't get me wrong, I have the Chicago Bears being arguably the worst team in football, and they smacked around the Seattle Seahawks yeah. last night. So I don't know if that's an epitome of how bad the Seahawks are or because of how much better that Chicago second teamers are, right? Yeah. That's a little bit of a fluke there. I don't know if that's an outlier, but like I have for me personally, I've got Chicago, Atlanta. Oof, yeah. I even have um I've got the Giants. I've got the I've got the Jets. And honestly, as a we're both commanders fans. Yeah. We're honestly in that conversation as a top five, top six uh, draft pick this year, even though we've got one of the easier schedules. I have us better than Seattle. Yeah. I have them in about the five or six slot, arguably right now. But and I think honestly, like I know we're not trying to talk about like Seattle too in depth because mm-hmm. with how bad they're going to be this year. I think honestly, Drew Locke catching COVID actually helped his chance to become the starter. That's how bad Gino was last Mm -hmm. night, right? And the team as a whole. Drew Locke, honestly, we all thought that maybe him getting COVID was going to make it a one-sided affair. I think it made it a one-sided affair in his favor now because of how bad it looked. Yeah. And I I don't mean to cut you off if I did. No, you're good. Even when you look at those teams, yeah, I understand – the, the bears i understand i and i agree with mo- all, most of those teams are going to be bad but outside of a few i trust their quarterbacks more than i trust the seattle seahawks quarterback like i agree with that and I, I i trust even though he yeah i trust marcus mariota before i trust geno smith or or drew lock right. daniel jones i don't know i've seen the best I think of tyrod taylor is going to be the starter for the new york giants yeah I and i trust tyrod taylor so it's just there's just a lot of question marks. And to me, not only are there a lot of question marks, there's a lot of bad with the Seattle Seahawks team. And while I may be going on a limb and saying that they'll be the worst, I do think in that yeah. they'll be bottom tier. Do you agree? Oh, without question, they'll be bottom tier. You're not, you're not far off with that one. The one thing that I'm going to give Seattle the benefit of the doubt here is because I think the fan base is going to win them a couple games. Mm-hmm. Right, because of, I think art. I personally, I think they have the best home base in football because there ain't much out there in Seattle, and they show up and show out when it's Seahawks, even if it's Seattle Storm and Seattle Sounders. Right, they've got the three teams there, but they that their places are electric. There's a, I don't think there's much like it. I think this is, I mean, off topic again, why they're going to have the supersonics will eventually be back in Seattle at some point because of that home base. But again, I mean, they have holes everywhere. You're not wrong there. They've got offensive line issues that I think their defense, I mean, for them to win games, they're going to have to score points for real. And And I I think they'll get them from, then you don't know where exactly. Um, And in that trade, Noah Fant, He's going to have to be a focal point. Yeah. DK gets paid. I want to get your take on this, actually. DK getting paid, is that more of a focal point of them filling seats and not trying to let go their focal point of their franchise now, even though arguably a wide receiver is not supposed to be the focal point of a team Mm -hmm. in a franchise as that star player? I think they have two solid wide receivers. But, again, the question mark, how are they going to get the ball? I think not only is it 
to fill seats. I think currently it's to fill seats. But I think when you look towards the end of the extension, they're hoping that they have gotten, they have a quarterback that is not Geno Smith nor Drew Locke that has at least someone that they feel is a top tier quarter or top tier wide receiver. Again, it goes back, and I've said this multiple times on all these division, uh, divisional breakdowns that I've done. When you look at some of the best quarterbacks in the league, one thing that they have in common, or some of the quarterbacks that have made the biggest jumps, they have had something in common. They have a number one wide receiver. When you look at Josh Allen, they have Stephon Diggs. Uh, when you look at, for lack of a better term, Patrick Mahomes, you had Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey. When you look at Aaron Rodgers, you look, you have Devontae Adams. I just feel what they're hoping is that next quarterback. They may be looking right. at, at, at Bryce Young. They may be looking somewhere in the, they're looking in the future towards that end of that Stroud, deal. Some one of those next guys for next. Cause year. I think they understand they have to know. I mean, hell we've seen in pre we've seen in the preseason, they see it in camp every day. They have to know the, the, the two, these two quarterbacks that we have are not our future. And when our future does come, which they're hoping is in the next three or so years, they hope that, okay, they're not coming to a team that doesn't have a wide receiver because we don't know how long Tyler Loggett has. And you want to at least secure. I don't think it was the smartest decision paying him that much, but I understand the long game. And I right. understand, okay, you don't, you don't want a new quarterback to come in and throwing to me, you, and the guy from 7-Eleven. Like you want, you want at least a, a star wide receiver. And that's, that to me is why they gave him the deal. Do you, do you think the same way? I, so I've said this on my show and any other show that I've been on, it was a feet. It was a, sorry, a seat filler type mm -hmm. of signing. Right. Even though, I mean, Seattle fans show up and show out regardless They're again, like we've, kind of talked about one of the best fan bases in the NFL but yeah I think it was more of an identity of like hey we cannot let him walk out this store right yeah. but your argument there with the next quarterback is probably the right question and right answer when it comes to how where are they going to go from here right mm -hmm. is is this it for Pete Carroll I think if they really lay an egg oh yeah if he, I think he, he's just going to be like, I don't need this stress anymore. I think this is it. I did what I came to do with Seattle. I proved that I'm still a worthy head football coach because that was the question mark of when he left USC. It was all about, oh, he's leaving a bad situation because he didn't want that fire and want that smoke, right? Yeah. So it was trying to figure out how to create something, and he built a, a franchise that was struggling, no doubt about it, before he came in, right? Mm -hmm. So I think he answered those questions. So, oh, I didn't mind. No, and then I was just going to say about Geno Smith. So like, this is just like a personal story. When I went back, when I was, he was still a quarterback of the Jets, right? Mm -hmm. When I was still an undergrad, we went to the Monday night game against Chicago. And the man threw a pick six on the opening play no. on a screen pass. Jeez. On a screen pass, he threw a pick six. So that already lays out there yeah how he is not the answer and when he came out of college mm. for him it was about his accuracy his decision making that's what he excelled at that senior year at west virginia right mm -hmm. and that has been his biggest weakness in the yeah. nfl is his decision making and his accuracy yeah, yeah. so that's there's true. a red flag there and then when it comes to drew Locke, his accuracy was never his thing 
Mm-hmm. I think that's why he will probably get the nod is, but his arm strength was his utility. Yeah. And that's what you have on the outside. You have two speedsters and Lockett and Metcalf, right? So I think Seattle's in a world of trouble. Like how you said with the Carson thing, I think that's a huge hit for them. Mm-hmm. He was their number one option at the running back. I don't think, I think it's going to be intriguing to see how that all works out in Seattle. It's going to be a real question mark. I think they're going to, they will struggle without question. Yeah, they had a very interesting offseason. And let's go to another team that had a very interesting offseason for a very different reason, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> First and foremost, I agree with the whole ordeal of you have to if you have to lock in. We remember what the Cardinals looked like without Kyler Murray. We remember and they look drastically better with him than they do without even though they may not have the success that they're looking for so far, they look quarterbacks like Kyler Murray does not, do not come, you know, by the dozen. However, when you, when you put in a contract that you're pretty much mandating him to have to do films, independent film study away from video games, away from, you know, for four hours a week, not four hours a day, four hours a week. And then you sign that contract. That means two things, in my opinion. One, that means on the team side, you, I think that, 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 and, and, and I'll get your opinion on it. That proves a lot to me. Right. Because one, one thing that we've, we've questioned and we've seen through Kyler Murray's tenure with Arizona is they start off incredible. They start off fast. They look like they can be Super Bowl contenders. They look like Kyler Murray can win the MVP. Like they look great. And then towards the second half of the, or towards the halfway, the second half, they just fall off a cliff. And this has happened consecutive years. And we're we're always like, maybe they're tired. Maybe, you know, teams can't be figuring them out this easy, but it, if you have to put that in a contract from your your quarterback, that tells me now I now I see they figure it out because you, you don't and and Kyler Murray looks drastically different even with which we just talked about having a star wide receiver even with having Devon or DeAndre Hopkins he still looks pedestrian in the second half now yes DeAndre Hopkins was injured last year and he will miss the first six games this year but even still. I just and for Kyler Murray to sign that and then get upset when the media is like, wait, what y'all are questioning my worth ethic? No, the team is questioning your work ethic. You're the one that signed it. I I just to me that I understand there's people's like, well, you know, some people work differently or some people, you know, approach the game differently. Yeah, some people also study too. And I'm sure if you look at because they talked about basketball and they talked about Zion Williamson, you know, and having the weight thing. I said, I'm pretty sure Steph Curry doesn't have a weight, a, a weight limit in his, uh, in his contract. I'm sure LeBron James doesn't have it. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady doesn't have a, you have to watch film for X amount of time. So to me, this spells the, Everything, not everything, but a lot of things that they've been saying about Kyler Murray as being a diva or maybe being about him or maybe not paying attention as much as film or the small details. I think that that was kind of confirmed with this whole contract. Do you agree? 
Oh, without question. And I'm going to apologize to my brother ahead of time. He's a diehard Cardinals fan, but mm. your organization is an absolute shambles. It's not just it. It's not Kyler Murray. It's not just Kyler Murray. It's not just ownership. It's not just Cliff Kingsbury. It's not just the GM. Yeah. Everything that they have put together has red flags everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, where's Kyler Murray's agent in all of this? I hope this man is fired. Like, if you're yeah. trying to actually get your guy to sign this contract and not really see that four hours of mandatory in that contract, or if you're Kyler Murray and you sign it and you really didn't read the fine print because you trusted your agent, yeah, that's been a bit right there, right? Yeah. So there's so many, like, you can point fingers everywhere. And when it comes to Arizona, you're right. They start out so fast. That's because Cliff Kingsbury puts in different wrinkles in the offense. Mm-hmm. Teams haven't really stu- really practiced for it, right? Yeah. Because they're the most unique offense. One of the most un- – other than them and Baltimore, I feel like they're the two most unique offenses of football. Mm-hmm. They Two different styles that you don't prepare for day in, day out, right? So they get off to those quick starts. Now you have DeAndre Hopkins out for those first six games. That fast start's not going to happen. Yeah. It's, they're going to start off slow, and you're going to see it. And I think they have opening – they start off with Kansas City. So you might as well chalk them up yeah. as an L of week one. <laughs> and when it comes to <laughs> – so – and then when it comes to everything else that is meticulous in this team is that – they fall off the cliff because they don't put in that extra work. Mm-hmm. And it, this is something that has gone from Cliff Kingsbury, not from just the NFL. Yes. Look at his Texas Tech statistics. Yeah. A man who didn't deserve the job in the first place was under 500 every year he's been a coach. And look who he's every, had. In look the who... second half at Texas Tech, under 500. Yeah. Arizona, second half of the year, under 500. He didn't have a winning record in college as a coach, and he got the Arizona job. But that's for a a discussion for another day, right? Because we're focusing on Arizona. And when it comes to Kyler Murray, he's got that diva component because he was a number one pick in the NFL. And then he was also the number – he was a top ten pick in baseball, right? Mm -hmm. So he's like, if football doesn't work out, he can go on that – he's got that secondary plan already in place if he really wanted to go that way so he can – ask and do how he wants Mm -hmm. and just to piggyback on what you were saying about how tom brady and aaron Rodgers don't have to that's not in their contract Mm -hmm. espn's jeff darlington talked to tampa bay tom brady puts in 50 hours a week of study of of film study in that's longer than a full-time job why he's not the goat is there a question mark no because he puts in the work and that's why he's the smartest quarterback on the football field because he's already knows what the defense is running before they even know what they're going to run. Yeah, I, I think last year there was a lot of uh, things that aren't going to be – I don't think it's going to be duplicated this year. Like, I don't think – you know, Christian Kirk, that's clearly not Christian Kirk's gone. Christian exactly. Kirk's gone. Uh, I don't think James Conner's going to have the, the breakout year that he had last year. No. Um, I don't think, you know – Chase Edmonds, that that's it, it's just, and of course, Devontae Adams, he's he's gone for um six games. So I just think in a in a they we saw the last the last time we saw them, they didn't look good. And right. while they were atrocious in that playoff game. Atrocious. And I think that 
the the things that you there's still question marks i am i feel like sometimes i'm on a lone island but i still have question marks about matt lafleur if he's a good coach or is it more well you have aaron Rodgers, like that's aaron Rodgers. the well, same look at, look at the numbers before he got that job man he was bottom of the league yes and and now i look at uh Kingsbury and I'm thinking to myself yo maybe you are who your rec what your record says you know you're a below average uh, below average coach in college and you're a revolutionary offense until you get until teams figure out then you don't really have a second punch and I think I, I agree with you man there's a lot of red flags everywhere when we talk about uh, the Arizona Cardinals, I don't see them again. A lot of anomalies happened last year for this team in the first half of the season. And I don't see that happening again. I don't, I don't see Kyler Murray getting off to the start that he did or this team. Like I said, James Connor, or even though the defense did get better, you know, JJ Watt's going to get healthy, but how much more JJ Watt? Chandler Jones is gone. Chandler Jones that. is gone. Uh, you do, you do have Buda Baker and he's, he's one of the best uh, the safeties in the league. But again, it's it's just I, I don't see this team. I see this team as a good team, but I don't see this team as a team that can really vie for a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? And, oh, and I, no, they're nowhere near that. And when you have the, the peril that they have, when you pay your quarterback as much as they're paying him, you would hope that you're part of that, you know, part of that group. And I just I, to me, they're a good middle of the pack team. They're they're kind of, in my opinion, they're kind of in the same boat as the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings. You're a good middle of the pack team and you may right. make some noise in towards the end of the season, but I don't I don't see them winning a Super Bowl. Um a team that I do want to I'm a little weird. I'm a little I have some question marks, but the question marks really only one and that is the 49ers and is Trey Lance ready to be the starting quarterback? Um it's it's here now. Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo technically is still on the team, but that's that's not going to be for long. What what do you think the season is going to look like for? In fact, let me ask you this: What is your ceiling if everything works out for Trey Lance? What is your ceiling for the 49ers? Ceiling for the 49ers this year. So I have them in the playoffs. Okay, I've got them in. I think they can maybe steal a game. That's it. I've got them out in the divisional round if they can get there. I know a lot of people are high on these on the Niners thinking that with Trey Lance, I think they'll take them to new heights. But there's so many question marks with Trey Lance. The man has started three games and I think in two years. Since college. Since college. Yeah. Well, he got that showcase and then I think he got two starts last year. So he got three games. Yeah. Since a full season of football, he's just there's not enough starts to warrant that gives you enough data for me personally to warrant that they're going to be there. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. He fits Kyle Shanahan's offense to a T. Yeah. I think he, for me personally, I'd probably go with Garoppolo because he's the known commodity and he's gotten you to an NFC championship game and he's gotten you to a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And I think they're why you're going with Trey Lance is because you know, Jimmy Garoppolo probably won't win you a Super Bowl, right? Yes. That's why you go to Lance. You spent all the capital to move up and get him. And now you have to, you got it. While he's on a rookie deal, you have to see what you have, right? 
Mm-hmm. There's no other if, ands, or buts. When you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, you've got to play him as much as possible nowadays in this new system of the NFL. So I think he's going to be solid. I don't think he's going to be a superstar in the making, right? But what you have is you got a star-studded cast in the backfield. You've got three legit number running backs that could arguably number be number ones anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You've got Debo coming back with that contract. You've got George Kittle. So all you have to do is get your playmakers the ball, and they're going to do the rest for you. It's just how okay. Jimmy Garoppolo is successful. Now you add in tra- a man who's got better arm strength, mm-hmm. more athleticism. And the last time Kyle Shanahan had, a, had an athletic, athletic quarterback, it was RG3, right? Yeah. And what did RG3 do? He was rookie of the year that year. Exactly. So you uh- know you're going to get some upside out of Trey Lance. I don't see them as high as everyone else does that like people see them like in the NFC championship game again or the Super Bowl, but I do see plenty of upside in San Fran without question. So we're talking, I'm talking, yes, I agree with what you're saying, but not, but my ceiling actually is the NFC championship and not because of Trey Lance, but because of, Actually, you know, let me let me talk myself through this. Okay. Because one of the biggest things that we've said, even with, with Jimmy G, was this is a Super Bowl caliber roster. It's just they need that quarterback to get them over the hump. I mean, when you again, you have George Kittle, you have Debo Samuels, you have Nick Bosa, you have uh, some some Warner. Yeah, this the. This that is that is a Super Bowl caliber roster, and unlike the the DK signing, I think Debo Samuel is is strictly for Trey Lance. You do not want to bring Trey Lance into now. Yes, Brandon Ayuk is good, but he's not Debo Samuel's, and I think they did that solely for Trey Lance. But I may agree with you. Maybe sneak into the playoffs. Now I'm not really thinking about it because take a deep dive, bro. Think it through. Yeah, I mean, because I when it, when we t- when we talk about Trey Lance, what are his issues? Inaccuracy and some of his decision making. What right. was Jimmy Garoppolo's problems? A little bit of inaccuracy and in some of the decision making. We always said Jimmy Rock, Jimmy Garoppolo's gonna throw one up there. It's just up to you to get it. Now I do think Trey Lance, of course, is a better you know more athletic i think he has a better arm uh but again he has played three four games if we talk about the preseason four games in his in like three years so um yeah i i agree with you i i agree with you with that um i i think yeah i think you have talked me out of it man i i think you have talked me out of it so i guess i'll ask you um do you think Kyle Shanahan is, I think, do you think Kyle Shanahan is the best coach in the NFL right now? All right. So <laughs> it's a great question. I honestly would probably, I would put him as one of the greatest offensive minds. In okay. I wouldn't say he's one of the greatest coaches in football, right? Mm-hmm. I think offensively speaking, I think he might be the top guy when it comes to, creativity i mean he calls his own plays and you could probably put him against sean mcveigh put him against 
trying to think who else is offensive-minded head coaches. I mean, we could put LaFleur in that conversation, but we both just discussed that. Yeah. be like, is that just Aaron Rodgers? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think – I don't know if he's one of the best head coaches in football as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think probably in that – I don't, I would probably put him in that top ten conversation without question. But I think offensively speaking, he is one of the best minds. Yeah, his creativity, the way he uses his players to the best of their abilities – like, I don't think anybody really thought that Debo Samuel was going to be used as a running back, right? Yeah. And he made sure, regardless if it because it was injuries or whatnot, and he made sure that, as my lights go out, so this is just <laughs> great in my office, but um, more than anything, it's trying to create a situation where his entire team succeeds, right? It's not where it doesn't matter whether or not he gets the accolades of like, oh my gosh, every. I didn't, I didn't even think of that, putting Debo at running back. But he does what it takes to win games, and he thinks create, creatively when it comes to his offensive weapons. So we know this team is loaded. We know this team is loaded on both sides of the ball. Um, we talked about our expectations. What do you think their expectations are for the season? Like, what do you think a successful season for the 49ers looks like to them? Do you think that they have championship or bust this year? Or what is a successful season in your opinion that, well, what do you, what do you think they think a successful season is? It's gotta be the Super Bowl. I think, Mm. I think for them, I mean, they're a, they're a lollipop pick away from being in the Super Bowl last year. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Tart. I mean, I don't remember his first name, but yeah. like, dude, you catch a, you catch a, if you catch that lollipop, I mean, you guys are in the Super Bowl. I don't think anybody's denying that, but you know, the ball falls a different way. Rams end up representing in the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. So I think they, I mean, they understand that Garoppolo wasn't the one that gets them over the top, which is why you put Trey Lance back there. The team really hasn't changed mm-hmm. on an offensive or defensive standpoint. So every, mo, majority of their team's coming back. So you got to think it's Super Bowl in their mindset. For me, I just don't – I don't know what I'm going to get from Lance enough to warrant that argument. Yeah, I, I think you'll know towards the middle half of the season what they expect the season to be. If they, you know, limit him to 10, 15 passes a game or – you know, 20 slants a game like they, I think the Saints are about to do with, with this team. Like, I, I think they're going to understand. I think you'll, you'll see, and they understand, yeah, Lance is good, but he's not ready yet. And he's not there. And we want to save him from the punishment. We want to save him from the hits. But if you look up and they're still throwing bombs, I'm like, okay. Cause you still have, like I said, George Kittle, who was one of the best, if not the best tight end in the league, Brandon, I, you, when, if you, if this if this offense looked electrifying, um, shouts out to Eric Lyons, the Electrified Podcast. If this show looks electrifying and the offense matches the defense, then at this point you'll be like, yeah, I think there's there's a Super Bowl. Uh, they have Super Bowl in mind. And lastly, or the last team in the NFC West, just so happened to be the Super Bowl, a uh, reigning Super Bowl champs, and that is the LA Rams um they have they lost Von Miller but they did get Bobby Wagner 
We do need to see what happens with Odell Beckham Jr. I think a lot of sources are saying this leaning to signing back with the uh, Rams is just, of course, he wants to get healthy first, and they want to see, you know, what he looks like. Right. I'll, I'll ask you straight up. Will this be the first team since the New England Patriots to repeat in the Super Bowl or repeat as winners in the Super Bowl? No. Mm. I have I've got the Buffalo Bills finally getting over the hump. Oh, okay. That's that's my team. I think I mean I talked about this. I mean, my my show from last night, I did the AFC East. That'll be dropping hopefully at some point tonight as after I make all of my edits. I know we're doing uh because I recorded my show the other day, but mm. when it comes to I don't think anybody is even up to the standard of where the bills are right now. Mm. And I think that's what it is. I think there's four contenders. I think the Rams are one of those contenders, right? I've got the Rams, the bucks, and you have the, I'll even put the Bengals in that conversation right now. And then the chiefs and then, but I have the bills on a whole nother level, the depth that this team has, they were the bet, arguably a top three, three team offensively they were the best team statistically defensively and they didn't and what do you do after you fall short because of a coin flip right yeah you double down on basically every position they've got two of everything it is absolutely ridiculous how deep this team is yeah and i think that has put them into another stratosphere in comparison to everyone else which is why i have the rams on the outside looking in right now I have the Rams in the NFC Championship game. I think Tom Brady gets his revenge. Mm. That's what I have right now. And Tom Brady's the representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. Just because when I cut when we talk Super Bowl, Tom Brady has to be in that conversation because the numbers don't lie, right? Yeah. So uh, but I do not have the Rams there. I think it'll be intriguing to see because I did my NFC West episode a couple uh, a week or two back. And I had on uh, Stezia Smith, he covers the Seahawks a lot, but he spoke to a Rams reporter and he said, this injury is not going to go away from Matt Stafford anytime soon. This yeah. is something that's been lingering for a while. And this is just me. I'm, I'm just making assumptions here. I don't know any information mm-hmm. in regards to Stafford's injury, but just when you put dots together, right. It gives you the, the assumption that this is like a baseball like injury. Yeah. Like is it's his inner it's like his forearm elbow area. It's not up towards his shoulder. Mm-hmm. It just gives you like it, it has Tommy John written all over it. Yeah. And that's just for me, I don't know how you feel about the injury, but just based off of the reports and everything where the pain is, that's where it, it signifies to me and if that's what it is, he's not going to be able to play cons- at that consistently high level. Yeah, I so I agree with you to the to the point. I don't know. I'm not gonna go as far as to say like I, I don't think they'll repeat as champions. Let me first say right. that. Um I think that they're saying that Matthew Stafford's been playing with this injury for a good minute now. And it right. kind of gives credence and understanding to the point where that ball that he threw uh, for the 49ers, if homie would have caught it, that would have in how short it looked. Like, what the hell type of throw was that? Or 
the interception, I think the second half of the beginning drive of the second half of the Super Bowl, and it was like that was the most underthrown ball of it. Now, yes, it was a pass interference, but it was still one of the most underthrown balls I've ever seen. I'm like, yo, what, what is going on? And so now I, I, I'm starting to attribute that maybe that was the injury. Maybe, you know, there's times when he just can't get that blast or can't get that depth. I think that when I look at the NFC, as a whole, I don't roster wise. Yes, there, there are teams that are up there, but I do think when you have arguably the best player in football in Aaron Donald, when you have arguably one of the best uh, wide receivers in the league in Cooper Cup, you get Allen Robinson, which I think was a huge acquisition, seeing as though you lost uh, Robert Wood and you possibly could lose Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Tyler Higby, he's coming back. Uh, I think Bobby Wagner, he, I think he's going to play the Von Miller role. They're not going to expect him to be the Bobby Wagner of Seattle the entire season, but in big moments, like Von Miller was able to do for them in the playoffs. I could see them getting back to the Super Bowl. Now, winning is a different thing. I agree with you. I think that I'm not going to say far and above, but roster wise, yes, the Bills are far and above better. I do think that there is. There is something to be had when somebody continues to have your number. You know, I'm not saying that the Chiefs are just going to just wipe the floor with them, but it's one, what, three, three years now, two years in a row now. It's just like the same way outside of the coin flip. But here's my question to you. Could you see a scenario? Let me first say this before I answer, ask this question. I think if the, I think, and I'll go out on a limb and say with the injuries that, you know, the offensive line has suffered for the Bucks, and the fact that, yes, it was only for like a whole Seinfeld commercial break, but Tom Brady did retire. I don't think, I don't have much, I, what's going to happen with Chris Godwin? How, is he going to come back better than ever? I do not have high expectations for the, for the Bucks as far as the entire NFC. I think they'll probably win the South. But kind of like the Bengals, there's a lot that went right for the Rams. How am I saying? Do you think that I think Sean McVay? I just asked you about Kyle Shanahan. Sean McVay is one of the best offensive minds in the league. Without question. Do you think that Sean McVay is one of the best coaches or offensive minds? Or do you think that he benefits? with playing some of playing or not playing, having some of the best players on his team. Like there's only one Aaron Donald in the league. There's only one at this point, Matthew Stafford in the league, not saying he's the best quarterback, but his offense looked drastically different with Matthew Stafford than did with Jared Goff, even though Jared Goff that one year, I mean, they went to the Super Bowl. So do you you think that we're kind of overhyping Sean McVay to an extent? I don't think so. Uh, I think he has now warranted the the accolade because I know these last couple of years after them them reaching the Super Bowl with Goff, mm-hmm. he warranted the criticism, right? Yeah. He didn't think he wasn't making the creative uh, adjustments like we thought he would. You think there was? We all thought there was going to be a different wrinkle each year with them, and just the offense was going to continue to explode. Mm-hmm. after once once they made that Super Bowl run and you haven't seen that right yeah they had a little bit more of a dip 
the team struggled on both sides of the ball. I think defensively they struggled because the offense really couldn't stay on the field. Mm-hmm. And Goff was a lot more turnover prone than what he was that year that they made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. It became more of a game manager situation. And then, I mean, you have to give him the credit because he made that he warranted the decision to the front office. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff is not going to cut it. I get it. We paid him all this money. If you give me an upgrade at the quarterback position, we will get to the promised land. And what is, what does he do? You make that deal for Matt Stafford. He backs up his word. Mm -hmm. I think the issue with how comparison Goff to Stafford, I didn't see, he did make a couple different changes offensively, but it wasn't much, right? Mm -hmm. It was just more of an upgrade at the quarterback position. The offense really didn't have, didn't change much. I know you brought in Odell Beckham last year, but he really didn't play that many games. If you really look, True. deep into it he played a couple of games in the regular season then he was he made that run in the postseason then he got hurt yeah. so I think more than anything he is one of the better offensive minds I think it just hurts because I mean as a Washington fan again I always loop yeah. in Washington because yeah. we had Shanahan we had McVeigh, we had all these offensive minds on our staff and we just O'Connell. let them go yeah. so I but I think he, he now he backed his word, right? Because if he yeah. didn't produce with Stafford, it was going to be the indication of saying, all right, now you have to start thinking, is it, is he just a, it was, was it just a fluke? Yeah. Right. Cause that's where you're starting to look at with Dallas and Kellen Moore, right? Mm-hmm. He's starting to have those exact same question marks. You think he's an offensive genius, the next big thing. And then they struggle in critical moments with creativity and, and offensive play. So now it's Kellen Morris turn on the clock. True. So I don't know how you feel about it, but I think he is one of the better offensive minds. I think he needed, he needs the correct pieces. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Allen Robinson is actually an upgrade in comparison to Robert Woods as a wide receiver too. Yeah. I know he doesn't fit the scheme that what Robert Woods did as the slot receiver, but mm-hmm. I do think he's an upgrade. That'll be really intriguing to see if they bring Odell back. I think they will. Mm-hmm. But he's not, they're not re-signing him because they need to see, again, like what you said, how healthy he is and whether he's not going to be ready week one anyway. So Yeah, so I, I agree. I just wanted to know your take. I do think, like, like you said, the fact that you brought, you, you brought your GM a promise. And the promise was you get me a better quarterback than the one that we currently have at that point, which was Jared Goff. And, we're, and I'm going to get you the promise that he was able to do that. One, and and it kind of goes back to my first question as of do you think they're going to win Super Bowl? I one of the another reason why I don't think so is I don't know if you remember, but their defense was bad last year, even with all the big names. They just went on kind of like the Bengals, in my opinion. They just went on a, a, a great run. I mean, look at kind of like the Bengals. And that's I don't know. I don't think I dropped it. I did drop the uh, AFC North. I don't know if the Bengals are going to make the playoffs. Let me not say that. I don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl again because I saw some of the some of the things that had to happen for them to win to make it to the like. I don't think. I think the Raiders. If you you turn the teams and it's the Chargers against the Bengals, maybe the Chargers win. Uh, we saw what they were up. They were down what seventeen points in at halftime to the to the Chiefs. You know what happened there. You go, you look, 
I can't get out of my head how quickly the Bucks came back in that in that uh in that NFC no the the the, the divisional the playoff game. They came back in a span. I went to go get some nachos. They were down 20. I come back and they tied it up to go to overtime. I'm like, what is happening? And I just, there's a lot of, there was a lot of holes last year, even with Aaron Donald, even with, you know, Jalen Ramsey, there was a lot of holes, especially on that defensive side of the ball. And with teams getting better and teams coming back, I don't know. And that kind of brings credence to me saying, I don't, I think that they'll, be in the conversation because again even though you lose Devonta Adams you still have Green Bay like you said Tom Brady and the Bucks. I, I don't know factor in how much weaker the NFC is than in comparison to the AFC's depth right Very so true. so it's gonna put them at right there in that conversation regardless. exactly so I have two more questions before I let you go I do appreciate Blaine coming on one question and I've access to everybody okay there's always a breakout player. Maybe not a player that we expected. Maybe not a, not a star player. Like, clearly, it's, it's not going to be Kyler Murray. But there's always a breakout player that you didn't see coming. I'll answer it first to give you some time to think. Okay. Who is your breakout player that you think would be could define the NFC West this season? And I'll give mine so you can think. I think is going to be Allen Robinson. Okay. We talked about him. I think to me, what we saw in Chicago these last two years was more of the Chicago than Allen Robinson. There was, there was talk to say he could be one of the top wide receivers, not the top, but one of the top wide receivers in the league. That's how good he is at his, at his peak. Now you put him in a system while, yes, he doesn't really fit exactly how Robert Woods was, you put him in a system next to a player, and you see what this system is doing for Cooper Cup. I think if you have a, a number two, it's kind of like the, the Vikings. When you have a number two as good as Thielen, that's like, come on now. Now, if you have a number two as good as Allen Robinson, I think that allows you to maybe wait on Odell Beckham. That allows you know, the defense, if the defense kind of gets off to a bad start, it's like, all right, well, or maybe Cam Akers, he, he starts looking human and, and actually his injury is starting to catch up with him, which let's, let's hope not. He doesn't get injured, but that I think Allen Robinson is going to be huge. And, And I also think that because the, the outside of the 49ers team, I think that the uh, the Rams is the only team in this division, in my opinion, that are actually capable of not only making a deep playoff run, but actually making it to the Super Bowl and could possibly win. But I, I, I think that Allen Robinson is going to be a huge part to that. So my breakout player is Allen Robinson. Okay. I like it. I like Allen Robinson. I think it fits, especially, I think, again, that's all going to be contingent upon Stafford's health and his arm. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm actually, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to go with an Arizona Cardinal as a breakout player and it's not going to be Kyler Murray. Mm. I think it's going to be Rondale Moore. 
yeah. Can be a wide receiver. He's a wide receiver. He came out of Purdue. He was a very successful rookie last year. Um, I'm never gonna live this down. My brother's gonna. <laughs> my brother's gonna be having this like on his like pedestal like that. I've acknowledged the Arizona Cardinals. But like last year, right? 64 targets, 54 catches. Mm. Deandre, he's he's a utility type player. Yeah. He can get touches in every type of way. You can use him as a running back. You can use him as a slot. You can put him on the outside. He's got speed to burn. Mm-hmm. And he's he's more of a load than people actually realize. Like if you watch, go back and watch his college highlights. Like yeah. what he did to Ohio State in that was game. Criminal. Was, was cr- he, yeah. he disrespected the yes. Ohio State. Yeah. put everybody on notice um i think he's gonna get up to 100 targets especially with deandre hopkins out those first six games yeah marquise brown he was just with that arrest now you don't know what you're gonna get especially mm-hmm. if he's gonna be able to be available now yeah and you know rondell moore now has to be that focal point and kyler murray's got to show up and show out if this team wants to compete this year yeah and with arizona the way they win games is that they they win in shootouts, right? So I think Rondell Moore is gonna get plenty of targets, especially in early on. And I think he's gonna he's gonna raise some eyebrows. I don't think he's gonna be like a Pro Bowler or whatnot, but like he's yeah. gonna be. I don't be surprised if he gets 800, 900 yards, easily over a thousand scrimmage yards, because he can also kick return and punt return too. He's he's that lethal of a weapon. So I think Rondell Moore is gonna be a special talent this year. Yeah, I like that pick. My first original pick was gonna be Marquise Brown until I forgot about the D or I remember the DUI. I was like, ah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and just just and I love Rondell Moore as well because of what you said. He's gonna be needed. He's gonna be needed, especially in the first six games with uh D Hop not being there. So I, I love that pick. I love that. That was a good pick, man. And the last question I have for you, very simple. Who do you have winning the division? I've I've got the Rams. The Rams are still, if I'm if I could rank the teams right now, it's going to go Rams, San Fran, Arizona, Seattle. I think San Fran's in the playoffs. I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to be teetering for that last spot, maybe on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. That's where I have them right now. And then again, like we said, we know Seattle's going to struggle. I have the Rams probably. I don't think they're going to be overly concerned this year with the regular season, knowing that the division's not as difficult as it usually has been in year recent years. I think they're going to rest Stafford every once in a while, just nice. because to make sure that arm's healthy. I don't think they're going to, tr- they're going to try and not shut him down. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to give him a game or two where they're like, Oh, this is a game that they could potentially win with their backup quarterback. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't think he'll play the full 17. So I think that's how I like it. I got the Rams still winning the division. Yeah, I agree. I mean, to me, it it goes down to they're one of the best rosters. Well, they're not the best roster, but they they have Matthew Stafford. And he's been proven at least. Uh, and I, I agree with your ranking as well. The Rams, the 49ers. I think the 49ers have the best roster of this division. But, again, we don't know what we're going to get from Trey Lance. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. I will go down and saying the Seattle Seahawks will be one of the worst five teams possibly. I totally forgot about the Bears and the Jets, but, hey, it's still, <laughs> it's, it's still the Seahawks. Um yeah, I, I, I think I agree, man. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I think I don't know about resting as far as 
your backup quarterback, but I do think there will be games where you look up and Cam Akers has 20 to 25 rushes. I'm like, wait, Cam Akers. Oh, but yeah, it, I, would, I agree with that. And I think that they're – and that's one of the – another reason why I had to question are the 49 – I mean, are the Rams going to win this division? Because I think the 49ers are going for it. Every single game, they're trying to win. And I think, like – and I agree with you, the Rams look at this – conference or yeah the whole conference is saying it got weaker and you know i'm not you don't have to worry about russell wilson until possibly the super bowl you don't you know we we don't have to worry about none of that so let's let's coast we have an older-ish team uh let's let's coast until we get to to important moments while you have the 49ers like yo we need to get justin just or trey lance like let's go let's see let's let's figure this out but the Rams are still the Rams and Trey Lance is still Trey Lance. No offense to him, but we do need to see what's going on. So I agree with you, the Rams, the 49ers, the Arizona Cardinals. We talked about all the red flags everywhere for that team. And then the red flag that is the Seattle Seahawks. So again, I want to thank Blaine for coming on. I will leave all his links and stuff in the description below. I appreciate you, my guy. Before I go, I want to get a little personal real quick. Oh, fuck. Hold on. Again, I want to appreciate Blaine for coming on. Appreciate you, my guy. You know, I'm going to leave all his links in the description below. Go follow his podcast, follow his channel, and, uh, you know, appreciate you coming on, my guy. Before I go, I want to get a little personal a little bit. Um, For the last few days now, I've gotten a lot of questions about, you know, people wanting to start podcasts, um you know, what they should do, this, that, and third. Let me first say, I appreciate you coming to me. Uh, I appreciate you coming to me. I, I don't have the, I don't have a large podcast. I don't have a large platform, but I do appreciate everyone that's come to me asking for advice about podcasting. I mean, I'm what, this is 268 episodes in, I believe, uh, and I'm still trying to fight for more audience, but I do appreciate you guys. Um, my question, I mean, my answer to that question is usually the same, man. Uh, it's, it's a two-parter. Part one is you have to be consistent. Look, bro, there's days where I don't feel like doing this. At, let me say this. I love podcasting. I love it. It's fun. I love coming in here and talking about sports, giving my opinion about sports. But it's not easy. It's not easy at all. You know, so there's there's a lot of days where I don't I don't feel like doing the build up to this. I don't feel like doing the build up to, you know, finding the topics and and the editing and and it's, it's a lot. But you have to stay consistent. What did Jim Jones say? Stay consistent. Whatever he says, stay consistent. <laughs> um, and honestly, I, I'm a one-man band. You know, shouts out to Brittany, my social media manager. She helps me with all the social, or she pretty much does all the social media stuff because I know I, I'm not good at that. But everything else is me. And it's a lot, uh, especially doing two episodes a week. But I will stay, stay consistent. Stay consistent. If this is what you love to do, you have to do it for yourself, not anybody else. Stay consistent. And lastly, and something that I've I've noticed for myself at least for these past 
few months now is you have to quiet you have to fight against the self-doubt and when i mean self-doubt i think that you know (laughs) i think i have a pretty swell podcast i think my podcast is great i think my podcast is the best in the world that's me i'm supposed to think that because this is my podcast but there's the self-doubt creeps in when it's like okay well if i don't think that why why is it such a struggle to obtain a larger audience or or why do i feel like it's not growing as far as my you know my 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 brand my my reach and because of that you know because of some of that thinking self-doubt likes to creep in like damn maybe you're not that good maybe this podcast isn't that good no no you have to fight self-doubt, especially on this journey, because you're doing, you're jumping into a pool that is a ocean of people. You have to, one again. You have to know. You have to do it for yourself. You can't do it for the act. You know the accolades. You can't do it for the 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 fandom. You can't do it for the money. You have to do it for yourself, and everything will come. Every whoever whoever is supposed to be there will be there. Whoever's supposed to listen will listen. Fight the self doubt and stay consistent. And I think oh, and love what you're doing. Again, I don't love the process of getting there sometimes, as far as you know, again, editing and and, and finding topics and setting up interviews with people and setting up lights and cameras and stuff. It's a lot of work. But I do still love talking into a microphone, giving my opinion about sports. Um, so, yeah, stay consistent. Fight the self-doubt when it comes and understand that it's just lies, honestly, lies that you're telling yourself. And love what you're doing and do it for yourself. Do not do it for anybody else. Do it for yourself, because if you do it for yourself, you should never be you will never be you will never be disappointed because you don't want to disappoint yourself and there you have it man that's been today's episode of the popular podcast again i appreciate blaine for coming on i appreciate all you guys um if you want a popular podcast shirt hoodie sweater long sleeves joggers the link is in the description below at multiple different colors multiple different designs fall is coming get your hoodies um get your long sleeve get your crew necks just do what you gotta do i appreciate you guys also please subscribe to every listening please subscribe to every watching i'm trying to grow the you know get the algorithms going trying to grow the brand or whatever you call it and i need you guys' help so please share comment anything it would mean a lot to me and until next time much love let's get it home Come and kick it with me for a minute, you know what I'm saying? King Come around with your boy, man. Hey! hey. Y'all know what it is. West side of A-Town. Hey. You don't know no better, niggas. I don't want them to swing by Cicero, you know what I'm saying? We're going to ride now, Bank Head, my nigga. Come around with a nigga right quick, all right? Hey, hey, hey. Come and ride with me, nigga. Let me show you where we kick it at. Where them suckers get it at. And hustles keep the chickens at. Hey, ride with me, nigga. Let me show you where we kick it at. Where hope niggas be snitching at. And I'll come up missing it. Killers living that and TIP be chilling that ride with hey, hey.